Welcome to 8 Minutes, a new podcast helping you understand the energy transition in just a few minutes. I'm Paul Schuster and I'll be your host as we take on today's topic, building decarbonization. 40% of the world's carbon emissions come from the built environment and it's a notoriously difficult segment to decarbonize. But new technologies and business models are taking it on. 8 Minutes, it's about how long it takes for the sun's rays to hit planet Earth, or my max attention span when watching a Kardashian episode. Let's get it on. The Climate Group estimates that a full 40% of global emissions come from our existing buildings. But while other major carbon emitting segments such as transportation or power generation, they seem to get all the new technologies, money, and media attention. While buildings, they've been left a bit behind. And the reason why isn't too hard to understand. It's a tough segment, especially the existing built environment, where any sort of real decarbonization, well, it's going to be expensive and time-consuming. Converting a large commercial building, for example, from steam heat to heat pumps could involve ripping apart the skeletal structure of the building, installing new piping and insulation, and bringing old infrastructure up to current building code. It's a lot, and it's no wonder that it's been a slow segment to move towards net zero. The good news is that new technologies, financing, and business models are evolving to address these issues. It's going to take some effort, but the building stock can decarbonize. It took hundreds of years to build our current infrastructure, but we've only got about 20 to update it. So let's start with what municipalities and governments are doing to help. And where they are. For one thing, the federal government missed a big opportunity to support building decarbonization in the recent Inflation Reduction Act that just passed through Congress. That climate bill did a ton for electric vehicles and renewable energy and residential houses, but it hardly addressed commercial buildings at all. Much of that policy work has come at the local level instead. Major cities such as New York or Boston They've implemented what's called building performance standards to help motivate these buildings, motivate them to get to net zero. These standards assess penalties if buildings aren't decarbonizing far enough or fast enough for the city's ambitions. The building performance standard that's gotten the most attention is probably Local Law 97 in New York. That law was passed in 2019 and requires buildings over 25,000 square feet to meet certain greenhouse gas reduction goals. And that goal is to reduce emissions from the city's largest buildings by 40% by 2030 and by a total of 80% by 2050. Now, if buildings don't meet those standards, they could be subjected to heavy penalties and fines for each day that they exceed their target. Performance standards are great at setting an expectation and providing that, that stick to get something done. But like I said earlier, decarbonization is expensive. Some estimates are that it will cost around $4 billion for New York's buildings to comply. And without help from the federal government, that money is going to need to come from somewhere, and it's probably going to come from the private sector. So this is where some of the business model innovation needs to occur and is starting to to happen. Energy as a service, for instance. That's a model where a service company comes in and installs energy-efficient lighting, HVAC systems, refrigeration, appliances, These companies spend their money to upgrade a building's infrastructure and and in so doing, reduce energy consumption. And then based on the savings that are generated, the service company gets paid back a percentage of the shared savings in order to compensate them 
for the capital that they put in up front. To a building owner, that can make a ton of sense. They don't need to front capital, and they get a reduced energy bill every month. As successful as energy as a service has been, though, it's traditionally only handled energy efficiency projects or you know, maybe a solar array or two. An evolved version of the model is called decarbonization as a service, which in full transparency is what my company, NeoVista, provides to our building clients. In this model, all of the energy efficiency activities of traditional energy as a service are bundled together with renewable energy supply, carbon offsets, certificates, and accounting to wrap the whole decarbonization services into one easy-to-digest bundle. Technology is also evolving to help buildings. LED lighting can now save buildings hundreds if not thousands of dollars a year through reduced electricity need. Electric heat pumps can offset gas or oil-powered heaters in most regions of the U.S. at this point, and they're getting much more efficient in even the coldest of environments. Battery storage, well, that's exploded over the past few years, and it's become a really viable option to ensure that the building is still using clean energy even during the evening or overnight. On the control side, a host of other options have emerged to help buildings better optimize their energy usage. Energy management systems can help to monitor, report, and even adjust energy usage in precise increments, allowing the buildings to optimize around cost, emissions, or any sort of variable that is important to them. And even for those buildings that haven't implemented such huge management systems, smart devices such as thermostats and motion detectors are enabling those buildings to reduce wasteful energy when not needed. These technology innovations will continue to improve and hopefully will come down in cost, but buildings will still need to replace piping, insulation, and other activities related to getting to net zero. Fancy technology can't get them there alone which means that these building performance standards that we talked about earlier, those are only going to be successful if municipalities and governments step up with additional support. And that may need to come in a number of different ways, either through tax incentives or rebates, or through relaxing of building codes to to accommodate grandfathered infrastructure. The point is, is that simply implementing a performance standard, it's not going to be enough. All right, one last commentary on buildings. I've talked about the role of policy, of financing, and of technology, but there's another complexity that needs to be discussed, especially for commercial buildings, and that's the tenant-landlord relationship. In most cases, the tenant, they sign an agreement that includes their responsibility to pay the electric utilities for the lease space that they have. And that creates a disconnect when talking about net zero buildings because it's the landlord who owns the building and has control over insulation and HVAC and rooftop and those sorts of things but it's the tenant who quote-unquote owns the energy. Those are misaligned incentives. The building owner needs to invest behind improvements, but it's the tenant who reaps the line share of the benefit. Any sort of meaningful progression on decarbonization? Well, it needs to start with the tenant and landlord conversation. By partnering together, they can both start to have meaningful impact on how to reduce the total emissions of the shared space. And in some ways, Building performance standards help to better align those goals. Compliance penalties are mostly borne by the landlord, which means that they have much more of an incentive to actually do something. But what we need to watch out for are any sort of revised lease agreements that somehow push those penalties down onto the tenant and break that mutual partnership. Building performance standards, technology improvements, energy and decarbonization as a service, the built environment may be a tough nut to crack, 
but smart people are working on the problem every day, building a better tomorrow from yesterday's infrastructure. I'm your host, Paul Schuster, and this has been your 8 Minutes.